Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This uh, discussion is going to be section 73. I guess it's not much of a discussion, is it? It's kind of me just reading, isn't it? If only you could be here and we could discuss it. That would be even better. Okay, I'm going to read the heading first. Revelation given to Joseph Smith the prophet in Sydney Rigdon at Hiram, Ohio, January the 10th, 1832. Since the early part of the preceding December, the prophet in Sydney had been engaged in preaching, and by this means, much was accomplished in diminishing the unfavorable feelings that had arisen against the church. Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon were working on a revision of the Bible when on the 1st of December, 1831, the Lord called them to go on a mission for a season. The prophet Joseph Smith recorded, from this time until the 8th or 10th of January, 1832, myself and Elder Rigdon continued to preach in Shalersville, Ravenna, and other places, setting forth the truth, vindicating the cause of our Redeemer, showing that the day of vengeance was coming upon this generation like a thief in the night that prejudice, blindness, and darkness filled the minds of many and caused them to persecute the true church and reject the true light, by which means we did march towards allaying the excited feelings which were growing out of the scandalous letters, then being published in the Ohio Star at Ravenna by the before-mentioned apostate Ezra Booth. On the 10th of January, I received the following revelation, making known the will of the Lord concerning the elders of the church until the convening of the next conference. Um, that's also some information regarding section 71 that we've already read, if you remember. Verse 1, For verily thus saith the Lord, it is expedient in me that they should continue preaching the gospel and in exhortation to the churches in the regions round about until conference. And then, behold, it shall be made known unto them by the voice, in other words, common consent, of the conference. There are several missions. Brethren were sustained in general conference to serve missions. Wouldn't that be cool if they still did that? I guess there's too many missionaries to do that. Verse 3, Now verily I say unto you, my servants, Joseph Smith, Jr., and Sidney Rigdon, saith the Lord, it is expedient to translate again. When the angel Moroni appeared to Joseph Smith on the 21st of September, 21st of September, 1823, he quoted passages from the Bible, but he quoted them with significant differences from the King James Version. Later, while translating the Book of Mormon, Joseph learned that many plain and precious things had been lost from the Bible. After he and Oliver Cowdery were baptized, Joseph found his mind enlightened, and the true meaning and intention of the scriptures was revealed to him. So when the prophet had finished translating the Book of Mormon, he turned his attention to the Bible. Although the word translation brings to mind the use of original texts and ancient languages, Joseph's work was to restore the correctness of the scripture by the power of the Spirit, not by scholarly interpretation. In June 1830, he wrote that line upon line of knowledge was revealed as he received the Book of Moses which gave an account of what Moses had received from the Lord that had not survived the ages intact. As he and Sidney Rigdon were working on the New Testament, the prophet Joseph Smith recorded, For while we were doing the work of translation, which the Lord had appointed unto us, we came to the 29th verse of the fifth chapter of John, which was given unto us. Now this caused us to marvel, for it was given unto us of the Spirit. Joseph's work of translating the Bible was a spiritual task, Later, he studied Hebrew and German, but it was not his knowledge of languages that provided a basis to correct the scriptures. Joseph Smith went through all of the Bible dictating to a scribe changes, deletions, or additions, but he did not complete a revision of the entire Bible. He never considered what he had accomplished as ready for publication, and he probably would have made 
many more corrections had he lived longer. Now we know that the, the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible did get published in the, the uh, reorganized church or the Church of Christ today uh, has that book, and, but you can buy it online if you want to. Or inasmuch as it is practicable to preach in the regions round about until conference, and after that it is expedient to continue the work of translation until it is finished. By divine commission, Joseph Smith made the revision or translation of the King James Bible known to us today as the Joseph Smith Translation. He commenced that work in June of 1830 and completed the major portion of it by July 1833. The work was constantly interrupted and the prophet was still making modifications in the text while preparing it for publication at the time of his death in 1844. Changes had been made from Genesis through Revelation, although this seems to be to highlight the flaws in the Bible as it has come to us. In a higher sense, it should be understood that because Revelation is a continuous process among the, the Lord's people, there is no revelation that could not be amplified by additional light from heaven. That was by Joseph Elam McConkie. The prophet continued to work vigorously on the Joseph Smith translation from this time until the 2nd of July, 1833. When the first draft of the work was finished and he ceased formal labor on the manuscript, he continued making revisions in the text, however, from time to time until his death in 1844. It would be difficult to overestimate the benefits and influence of the Joseph Smith translation on the doctrinal education of the prophet and of the church. The Book of Moses and Joseph Smith translation Matthew in the Pearl of Great Price Wait a minute, I missed, uh, I skipped a sentence here. Okay, it would be difficult to overestimate the benefits and influence of the Joseph Smith translation on the doctrinal education of the prophet and of the church. The book of Moses and Joseph Smith translation, Matthew and the Pearl of Great Price, the whole of section 76, 77, 91, and 132, and portions of, of other sections, all resulted directly from the prophet's translation of the Bible. The Joseph Smith translation, many other sections of the Doctrine and the Covenants were, were indirectly influenced by Joseph's work on the, on the Joseph Smith translation. In particular, the 18 months between January of 1832 and the Amherst Conference in, in June of 1833 were richly productive. 23 sections of the Doctrine and the Covenants were received during that time. Verse 5, And let this be a pattern unto the elders until further knowledge, even as it is written. Now I give no more unto you at this time. Gird up your loins and be sober. Even so, amen. Just a final uh, comment here. When Ezra Booth fled from Sidney Rigdon's challenge to meet him in public debate, the Ohio Star ceased publication of his scurrilous letters. At the same time, the prophet and Sidney befriended many through their public preaching. The best way to defend the gospel is simply to teach it, as Joseph and Sidney demonstrated in this instance. Such a course is here referred to as a pattern unto the elders. Be sober. While it is both appropriate and necessary for servants of the Lord to take time to relax and refresh themselves, it is not appropriate for them to be silly or light-minded. Such behavior becomes offensive to the spirit, causing it to withdraw. And that was by Joseph Gillen McConkie. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, and that as we study the Doctrine and Covenants, that we'll gain a better understanding of how we're supposed to behave and the things that we can do to further the work here. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.